me, that's the whole game. That's the game of life, choosing love over fear. Love over fear. That is the theme of not only today's episode with my wonderful guest, Simon Pelland, but also the principle through which Simon leads as a coach, as a mentor, and as a participant and a player in this great big game of life. Today, Simon and I talk about fear. We talk about overcoming resistance. And we talk about differentiating between constructive criticism and criticism that requires you to step into your self-worth and create boundaries around who and what you allow into your life. We talk about big dreams. And we talk about the power that lies in setting small yet intentional goals. So welcome, beautiful souls. To the Big Little Soul podcast. And join me today as we dive into the topic of choosing love over fear. Awesome. Well, let's dive right in then. So, welcome, Simon. I am honored to have you here on the Big Little Soul podcast. Honored to be here. It's a privilege. You are my first guest, so that is very exciting for me. First of many to come, I'm sure. <laughs> yes, I hope so, but it is, uh, it's great to have you here, and I'll just give my audience a brief little introduction of who you are. So Simon is a relationship coach, currently my coach, uh, and we are not currently working on any romantic relationships per se, but more so the relationship to self and just overcoming the many things that stand in the way of becoming that greatest version of myself, which there have been many (laughs) as of late, but Simon is just an incredible human. And uh, interestingly enough, we went to university together and it's just uh, really cool to see how our paths have kind of realigned here in the past year or so and just kind of really instills that value in my heart that things come come to fruition for a reason and the universe works in funny ways and there are a lot of reasons why I think I was kind of drawn to you and your content and your energy I resonate a lot with a lot of the things that you say and I feel like our journeys have kind of paralleled each other in a lot of similar ways in childhood years and in recent years um we can maybe talk a little bit more about your childhood, depending on how far you want to get into that. But we both uh, have experienced the loss of our fathers and both due to illnesses that are kind of out of our control. And so very much raised by single moms for at least part of our lives. And you also kind of dipped your toes in the fitness industry for a while you were a personal trainer before you became a relationship coach so maybe you can uh, just speak on your journey and kind of what the path that led you to where you are today has kind of looked like and what that has really shaped for you and the person that you've become today cool Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm really happy to be here. And it is cool how our paths have crossed and in unique ways. You know, we didn't speak for years, I guess. I mean, we stayed in touch, I guess, a little bit on social media and kind of following along with each other. Um, But uh, yeah, good old UBCO days. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, after that, I went on to become a personal trainer, uh, kinesiologist in, in Vancouver. And uh, I loved it. It was tons of fun. I actually thought that was going to be my career. I was going to open up a gym and, and just open up more gyms. And that kind of was what I saw for myself. 
but I actually remember at UBCO, I used to do this a lot. I, I had this whiteboard and I would write all the things that I wanted to be, all, all the different kinds of things like author and personal trainer and gym owner. And, and one of them was coach. It was like coach, life coach at the time. Um, and uh, so I went to the, the kinesiology world and, and I loved it. And, and I, I got to grow from there. I worked for a, a really great uh, place that I learned a lot from in Vancouver called Studio 55. And uh, from there, I went on to teach group fitness classes all around Vancouver. And then I opened up a gym in Vancouver uh, with a business partner. And uh, when I was going into that world, I, I think I've always been interested in personal development even from a teenager, but that for them, it was just books, you know, and the, I feel like I saw Tony Robbins something. And that was like the first time I ever saw like a motivational speaker, like, what is that? He's, he's probably the first mm -hmm. one for a lot of people, I bet. Like, yeah, he's the most mainstream, but um, yeah, always been interested in personal development. And then when I was starting my, my kinesiology work, uh, that was the beginning actually of getting coaching. Like actually having a, a coach at a personal and professional level outside of sport. Uh, and that was thankfully actually because I had a client who said to me, oh, let me just deal with my dog. One <laughs> no worries. I had a client who said to me, uh, you should check out this, this thing, this seminar. Uh, I think you'd be really into it based off how you talk and you know I was like you know just up for personal growth and I did and that was a launch pad for me I, I signed up for that and I did so many courses after that and then retreats and all this kind of stuff and when I was working at the gym it was coming pretty successful but I started to meet different kinds of people I would go on these retreats around the world uh, one called the unconventional life retreat. And when I would meet these different kinds of people, they all had such interesting professions. A lot of them were coaches. A lot of them could work anywhere. A lot of them were making a big difference. And I was like, that sounds pretty awesome. I'm at the gym, which I like, but I'm working about 12 hours a day trying to make this thing work for six days a week. And it was like, there must be some other ways while still making the kind of impact I want to make. Uh, and that's when I started to to dip into coaching and that led me to moving to Bali. Uh, and then I wasn't sure what I wanted to coach in, but I was tired of teaching people how to squat. <laughs> I got old. And uh, I thought, I was like relationships, like to me, relationships are the best part of life and the most challenging part of life sometimes, you know, and, and I've had a lot of challenges in relationships and I've also got a lot of coaching. And so I thought there's some way I could meld my ex personal experiences uh, with the training I've received to create this profession. And here we are about two years in being a relationship coach. Absolutely. So cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very obvious from just how you talk and just the passion that you bring to your coaching calls and to all of your content on social media and everything that you're really just in alignment with your purpose. And it's really cool to see you can really tell I find when people have really discovered that true meaning in life and so it's cool to just hear how that all unfolded for you when you were working as a personal trainer and even when you were in your kinesiology degree you said there were kind of like little hints here and there but when you were a personal trainer did you ever feel that you were just like really out of alignment like did you know deep down that there was kind of something bigger for you was there like an inclination that like this is just not really who I'm meant to be like I am meant to be something different than this greater than this well I really believe there's a an evolution for all of us. And so actually when I was a kinesiologist, particularly at Studio 55, and when I was working on my own, that was in alignment for me. At that time, that was like totally what I wanted to do. And I loved doing it. And I probably, you'd probably sense I had the same kind of passion that I have now with this, then with that. Um, and then I got, and then it just got old for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm someone who always has to see a future for something. Otherwise, I find it very hard to work hard at it. Uh, and the moment that I start to see that future start to kind of wash away, that's a sign for me, like, there's something else. I can't stay very long in whatever that thing is. 
Um, so it was just kind of an evolution for me because it was coaching still, right? It was coaching movement. And I love like seeing people improve on something. Yeah. And I loved being able to tackle like, okay, we have a goal or a place we want to experience. What's the gap? How do I facilitate the growth in that gap? And so it just went from like movement and health to different area. So very cool. I think that's a, a powerful testament too to the fact that a lot of people think that once you get an education in something or a career in something that that's your path but there's so much to be said for the fact that there is no shame and change and if you are really committed to a life of growth you are going to change and there are going to be times when you do undergo complete transformations in career in self in relationships and whatever that is and so I think it's cool that you've kind of made that shift, kind of like you said, still along the lines of coaching, but in a very different element. And it's, yeah, it's neat to see that. Yeah, I think in today's world, um, no one works one job their whole life. That's mm -hmm. just not today's world. You know, like it's like, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you'd, you'd get a job and someone would stay at that job for 40 years. And now I think that's unheard of. I think the average actually is something like five to 10 years, someone stays in one profession. And some people move, you know, laterally into the same field, but a different workplace perhaps. But I'm seeing a lot of people move completely different fields. And it is cool because I think there is, you're pointing to this idea like, oh, I don't have a degree in that. Can I go do that? Or mm -hmm. do I start all over? And it's like, when you know, for me for, i have such a drive to need to be doing what i want to be doing that it's there's a lot of fears to face a lot of fears to face but worth it like so worth it yeah you know but it doesn't mean it's not scary as hell i there's so many ways to get <laughs> and it's continue to be continue to be forever oh, for you know sure. and that's me, what i'm coaching you on and everybody else is like our relationship to fear. That's why my program is called Love Over Fear because that's the thing that stops us from so many wonderful things. And as obvious as it may be, it doesn't necessarily make it any easier to overcome. Yeah. And I think just what you spoke on about our generation, it is definitely more commonplace to see people changing careers multiple times over the course of a lifetime but i think because that is a newer phenomenon especially in our generation there is a lot of resistance especially from parents grandparents people of influence in your life i know that even for myself when i initially started my job as an ultrasound tech i worked for a private clinic and i worked for three years for a private clinic and i reached utter complete burnout. And I questioned at that point, just completely throwing in the towel. And I remember bringing up that to my mom and other family members and even friends who were kind of in that nine to five is the end all be all. And like, you get a degree and you stay in that particular career for the rest of your life. And there was a lot of resistance there when I talked about pursuing other things. And I ended up just changing to working at the hospital, but working a much different schedule. And for me right now, I am pursuing other endeavors as far as career paths and just pursuing other things that bring me passion in life. But I think there is a lot of resistance from a lot of elements and a lot of people in life. And that can be a huge source of fear and self-doubt and yeah, just something that for me personally really held me back and made me question a lot of my own values and what the heck I was doing and where I was going. So did you feel like you experienced that much when you were shifting in your career path or in any other endeavors that you've changed your pursuit of in life? Yeah, I mean, taking a risk on yourself, betting on yourself is already scary doing it when the people around you don't think it's a good idea multiplies it tenfold. Mm -hmm. 
You know, it's, it's already, a, you're all, anyone who's like, I'm going to leave the thing that's got my security and go do something brand new. It's like, that's horrifying. Like it's exhilarating, but horrifying. And then when you got people around you who are like, I don't know if you should do that. It's probably not the best. It's like shit. Like the wind comes out of your sails so fast. Yeah. So I think who you're around is so important. I, I didn't notice this till later in life, but Fortunately, I was actually surrounded, like most of my close friends were people who were self-employed. Like they were just, we had a, a bunch of buddies and we were all like keen to be self-employed. I didn't even really notice it. It kind of happened like by itself. We didn't really talk about it, but we all had this drive for it. But even when I was going into the coaching world, you know, I was starting out and I was trying to, you know, discover like, who's my avatar client? Who's my ideal client? What, what am I going to share with them? Uh, I, I even had uh, some family members give me some critique. You know, they thought they were giving me constructive criticism. Uh, the way it landed for me was I'm doing it wrong. Uh, and it was tough. Like I actually had to tell them, I, I don't want any advice. I actually, even if you think I'm doing something totally wrong, like I, I need you to just bite your tongue. Cause to be honest, I already think I'm doing this wrong. I, <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> I, I'm already, I already know there's like 25 ways I could do this better, but I'm already so nervous and putting so much pressure on myself that if, if we nitpick at every little way I'm doing it, I'm not going to make it. Mm -hmm. like it's so fragile a dream like your dream is so fragile it's like to me it's like holding a candle in the storm <laughs> you know? and you're trying to keep that thing lit and so it needs to be protected so I as I went through this process I got really careful with who I told what I was up to because mm -hmm. I just knew I was someone who really struggled with hearing oh like you're gonna do that or what makes you think you could do that or I don't know, maybe you should try this instead. Or, and it's like, I couldn't deal with all that. So I kept a lot of it to myself. And who I did share it with, I was very picky. So I would, I would like, how would I say this? I would share up. I would share it to people who are already doing things like that. I would share it to people who are so encouraging that when I shared it with them, I left the conversation even more excited. Yeah. And I it's think, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say that's, it's powerful. And what you spoke on before, just saying uh, that the importance of the people that you surround yourself with that quote, that you become the average of the five people that you are surrounded by the most, it is so true. And I feel like a lot of times when people offer you quote unquote, constructive criticism, whether or not that is truly constructive or not, it comes right. from. I mean, when it's family and friends, it, it very often does come from a place of love and from a place of caring. Yeah. And, um, but I think it also comes from a place of their own fear, fear of things that maybe they have failed in the past that see similarities in what you're pursuing and, or also fear of losing you. If you step into that version of your greater self and you kind of go, whoosh and off onto your own journey and kind of see you later if you're not wanting to follow in those same footsteps and surround yourself with those kinds of people that you're saying that are higher and really like inspiring you to just continuously be better it's funny you say that because like someone who was giving me constructive criticism <laughs> no I know it came from a good place, but it also came from a place of their own fear. And how I know this is because this person has been wanting to start their own business for a long time. Mm -hmm. And what's the easiest way to make sure you don't start your own business? Con critique other people who are starting theirs. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, like all my, all my like most painful critiques, they all came from people who weren't doing it. They weren't self-employed or they weren't pursuing their dreams. You know, and this is how we let ourselves off the hook. That's why I'm very careful with who I talk to about their dream. Like if you're sharing your dream with me, I'm like, I got no opinion. What's, what's there for you? Mm -hmm. You know, something else you said that 
made me think of something, but I can't remember now. <laughs> um, there was a quote actually that you had shared in one of the most recent modules of the course that I was doing, uh, where you said, your power to transform lies in the space and time between being run by fear and choosing love in the face of that fear. And I just thought that that was so powerful. Um, it, maybe you can speak on a little bit more what that really means to you to choose love over fear, really the, the title of your course to go in the face of that fear and all of that criticism that you're being inundated with sometimes. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's the whole game. That's the game of life, choosing love over fear. And it can be sometimes the most difficult thing ever, whether it's whether it's choosing to love someone and be loving after you're having a breakup, whether it's choosing to love a family member who's giving critique and just hearing them for the love that they're giving to you. You know, whether it's choosing to do something you love rather than being afraid it might not work out. You know, and our fears are, they're always there. And I'm someone who really doesn't believe in being fearless. I used to, I'd be like, that was like a goal for me, like go become fearless. Mm -hmm. And I realize now from my perspective, there's no such thing as fearless. You're just, you just do it scared. Yeah. Like then that's where it shifted my perspective. Cause if, if I was waiting to be fearless, nothing would ever happen. I'd be just scared. That's just how it is. And so it's like when I shifted it to, okay, you're just going to be scared. Just that's just part of the deal. Then I let go of resistance to that part. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, can you just follow the breadcrumbs of what you love and who you love? And it's a moment by moment thing. Like all the time that's being looked at and stood for. And then being like, oh, fear won that round. Okay, time to get some coaching, Simon. <laughs> it's stuck you know so yeah to me that's the recipe and uh i think we are much better trained in fear you know we've been spent a lot of time on that that's mainly how we're trained mm-hmm. in school in life on the news like and so it's it is a it's a reprogramming of sorts it's an unlearning of sorts and it takes practice For sure. Yeah, man, fear has certainly been the theme of this year. That is for dang sure. But I think uh, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned this year is just that whole process of surrendering, just knowing that the fear is going to be there. The criticism is going to be there. The self-doubt is going to be there, but it's acknowledging that and acknowledging all of the emotions that come with that and the struggle that comes with that. And just like you said, to do it anyways yeah and you don't have to conquer a fear in comparison to anybody else like to anyone listening there it's not like it's not like you got to do what your friend's doing to their degree your fear might be different you know for someone their fear might be like i'm afraid of getting a gym membership because how i might look at the gym that's your fear to conquer for someone else it might be you know signing up for the olympic trials like it's like there's varying degrees to all this thing for someone who might be booking a ticket to Bali, that's their fear. And the great thing about this is as we improve on it, as we get better at it, those things that we used to become be scared about are just like part of life now, like yeah. easy. Like when I booked a ticket to Bali, I was horrified. <laughs> I lived and know what I was going to do, like so many things. <laughs> now that's just like something I do. It's so yeah. cool. Yeah, you actually said something very powerful along these lines on the group call that we had this morning that really uh, struck me in a different way. And that was to not be ashamed to aim small and set small goals. And I thought that was such a, a different concept because not a lot of people talk about this. So maybe you can expand on that a little bit for the listeners. Yeah, well, in my experience, people have been like, uh, aim so big that you land among the stars and all that kind of stuff. Like it's aim so big that you have no idea how to get there. And there's a part of me, it's like, yeah, okay. Like imagine something grandiose for yourself. Sure. But in the actual pursuit of that something, in the process, you want to aim so low, meaning you want to pick 
something that puts you in that direction that is totally attainable. That just improves you a little bit because otherwise we just get overwhelmed. And this would happen to me all the time. I would set these huge goals and I would never reach them. And then I would feel crappy about myself for never reaching them. And then I would get discouraged. But now I set smaller goals that I keep reaching that over a long period of time just continue to improve. And I get to win. Like we need to win. We need to actually let ourselves get encouraged. Because if you're always like, oh, I almost got there. Almost, 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 almost. You just feel inadequate all the time. Yeah. But if we aim lower for like, my thing might be just to clean up my room. <laughs> you know, that might be, that might be the thing that gives me some momentum or just clean up a few of my relationships that I've been avoiding. You know, and this is where I got a real problem with people who are like, I want to change the world because I, my coach used to say this to me all the time. And she'd say it when she's teaching, you know, courses for other people, you want to change the world, start in your kitchen. <laughs> i'm trying to change the yeah. world if you can't keep your house in order how the hell do you think you can change the world so true yeah. the ironic thing is if everybody just got their immediate surroundings in order the world would change mm -hmm. but we think it's i don't know i think we think it's not good enough it's not it's too low we're aiming too low and it's like no like don't worry about changing the entire economy just work on your own thing and let it grow from there, like yourself and your immediate relationships and your community, you know, because I used to meet these people at retreats and they're very ambitious, people, very excited people. And, and often they'd be like, I want to change the world. And I'm like, that just, that sounds ridiculous. You know, I get the desire. I get the desire to want to help people. But it, I think when people say that, they don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Like, do you think Muhammad Ali was like, I want to change the world? <laughs> no he was like i'm gonna deal with myself yeah like and, and martin luther king was like i'm gonna change the world he's like no i'm gonna work on this community with these people and then it went and grew from there <laughs> and i think that's that's the recipe can we just like get ourselves in order in our immediate relationships like when people are like i want to change the world and they haven't talked to their like brother in six years and i'm like i don't think that's where to start <laughs> You know? yeah and the, and the skills we gain along that process you know of getting ourselves together you know just sharpening the things around us i think it's and it's attainable like you actually get to win a little bit yeah you know so that's something i want to shift and that comes into like also this like take no days off thing and like all that like, oh gosh yeah like i'm so i used to be island it's funny how mentalities change because i used to be like take no days off and sleep less and all this stuff and it's like i mean it sucked oh <laughs> it sucked. yeah i can wholehearted really relate to that mentality that is notorious in the fitness industry and oh boy does it ever burn yeah. you out fast and yeah it's just you learn to just kind of like keep pushing harder working quote-unquote harder but not smarter. And you're yeah. like, I said earlier on our call this morning, I, I used to do things just for the sake of checking them off the to-do list. I used to do things for the sake of completion, not really recognizing that a lot of times when I actually slow down and I do less, I'm accomplishing so much more and I'm getting so much more value out of it. And just coming to so many more realizations about myself and about other little things that I need to work on. And it's just, yeah, it's truly eye-opening once you really start to slow down and make those realizations that it's not about, like you said, setting these big shoot for the stars goals and having to-do lists that are hundreds of <laughs> points long. It's it's about exactly. being intentional and it's about just really focusing on the things that really matter. And yeah, doing the self-work, like having, having the self-worth and the self-respect to work on those things. Like you said, like having your house in order, having 
your health in order and having all of those things that matter so much about you before you go and tackle something as big as I want to change the world. And then you're actually like armored up to do something important. Mm-hmm. Like the person who hasn't have their life in order to go do something big. It's like, you're not going to be able to handle that. Yeah. You know, you, we got to build up here, this immediate space first. And just, and just to reshare in case anyone was conf- confusing about that. So when I work with people, <coughs> you experience this. In the first call, we do create something grandiose. Mm-hmm. We create this big lofty thing that you have no idea how to attain. The actual process to experiencing that is about aiming as low as possible. Because otherwise, it's you just we get stuck on the how. Yeah. We're so stuck on the how. Like if I had to know how know how to get where I am today, I would have drove myself crazy oh gosh yeah your principle that you offered very early on in the course and in our I think it was our first call where you talked about the daily one percent improving one percent a day means that you improve 365 percent in an entire year and I mean it's such a simple concept but when you think about it, it is so immensely powerful to improve 1% a day seems like nothing at all. And I am constantly now thinking about that in the back of my mind, how can I improve 1% today? How can I be 1% better today than I was yesterday? And very often now, because it seems like such an attainable thing, I'm doing it in multiple areas of so what I'm doing in the day, right? You're probably and doing more than one percent a day, I bet. Like you said about um, setting out to clean your room, if you just set the goal of I'm going to pick up that sock, and then yeah. once you pick up the sock, it's like, well, I'm not just going to pick up the sock. I'm going to go pick up the rest of the stuff now. I'm going to fold this big pile of laundry. Or when you go to the gym, and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the gym for 20 minutes. I just need to get there for 20 minutes. And then you get there and you get immersed in it and you start feeling good and you start feeling and witnessing the benefits. And you're like, yeah, no, I'm here. I might as well do a full workout. Yeah. With everything, with studying, with writing that proposal, with communicating with someone, with like, I mean, even if you're <laughs> feeling antisocial and you want to be with people, but you're like, oh, I don't want to go to this party. And you're like, I'll just show up. Oh, before you know it, you're having fun and you want to stay. Like, it's that aim lower thing. But I think our ego gets in the way with aim lower thing. Because like you just said, 1% a day, 365% a year. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. If you did that any area, you just to pick one area of your life. If, you're re- if all your relationships improved by 365%, what that would feel like, what kind of connections you have, be extraordinary. And that's just one year. What if we multiply that by a decade? But I think often we're like, oh, I need to do more each day. Yeah. I didn't do enough. Oh, I only improved 1%. It's like, well, that, what if that was just the game? And we just let ourselves just off the hook a little bit. And we've played the long game. You know, another one that, that is really driver for me is that we overestimate what we can accomplish in a year. And underestimate what we accomplish in 10. Mm-hmm. Often human beings are very short, short-sighted. Like, and then my whole life needs to change this week. And it's like that kind of pressure is not going to work. Yeah. It just feels like pressure. But oh, if yeah. we were to just play the long game, it's like, oh my gosh, like that, that's okay. I could I could do that. You know, I could I could do that one thing today. And before you know it. The time goes by and your whole life starts to change. Yeah, it's such a beautiful concept. We just live in such a rush, 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 instant gratification society. And I think another thing, and this is something that you and I have talked about too, and maybe some of my listeners can relate, is I know for myself personally, and you've also expressed this in relation to losing your father and just experiencing witnessing somebody who had a chronic illness and just kind of that notion. And for me, that was ingrained at a very young age that time is... It truly is a gift, but it's also something that is, it's not guaranteed. Like tomorrow is not guaranteed and time is finite. And so for me, for a very long time, that was really a source of an immense amount of pressure because I felt this 
instinctive need that I just, I have to get this stuff done. I have to achieve all of these goals because what if I don't have a tomorrow? And I know that for you, you've spoken on um, since you lost your father to Huntington's and you've spoken on your personal experience with that and just how that has really kind of brought in that pressure of feeling like you're kind of <laughs> on uh, a, a stopwatch almost like the time is ticking for you. So maybe you can uh, speak on your personal experience with that a little bit. Cause I feel like that is a more of a collective experience of a lot of people, just the feeling of needing to get things done in a certain time frame. Yeah. I mean, my dad died of Huntington's disease um, coming up on, coming up on three years ago, four years ago and, uh, brutal disease. For those of you who don't know, it's like ALS, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's all at the same time. And it chips away at your brain until, uh, everything connected to your brain stops working very slow, very gradual. Uh, and it's genetic. So you're either born with it. If you, if you're a child of someone who has high disease, you have a 50, 50, chance of receiving the disease as well and when I was 25 I got tested for it and found out that I too have inherited the gene and uh, in one in some ways it was like great that I would use it as motivation to be in action towards my life like time is limited better make the most of it you know and you hear this all the time like the bucket list movie you know it's like people mm-hmm. are like when you realize how finite it is suddenly you're your ass is under the flame and you got to start to <laughs> quit thinking about your dreams, you know? And I use that as motivation a lot and it served a great purpose, but also pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think most of my experience since finding about, about Huntington's disease when I was 18 has been this dance of like motivation and feeling like I'm behind or running yeah. out of time. And I think I'm that I'll be forever trying to get better at that. Particularly the last few years, I think I've gotten way better at it. But it was a double-edged sword for me because sometimes I'd just be rushing. You know, I'd rush relationships. You know, I've been engaged before. And I think a lot of that relationship was rushed out of this disease. And I didn't take the time to get to know the person I was with. I didn't take the time to to just let myself play a little bit too, you know, cause I think sometimes it made me very serious. Like you better go, you better do this, you better do this. And that's not fun. And so it's a dance of like, oh great. Like make the most of life, but also don't forget to just like, what'll happen will happen. You know, yeah. but when we put our pressure, I think when we put the pressure on like the make the most of life, like that's a lot of pressure. Like you're not, Here's the thing, we're not gonna make the most of life. Sometimes it's good to sit around and do nothing and be okay yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're not gonna achieve our goals, and sometimes we're not gonna finish that to-do list, and sometimes we're not going to do it the way we think we should do it. But if we beat ourselves up about that, we're screwed. Mm-hmm. And if we put our pressure like we've got to do it all day, all the way, every time it's not going to be fun. So I'm always in this dance of trying to figure out, you know, okay, great. Like make the most of life. And so when I do things like book the ticket to Bali and like, man, you're going to, you're really going to not, you know, swing out for your career. It's like, this is what it's about. You know, then that's been a healthy motivation. But when it's been like, Oh, you're running out of time. Better make some important decisions in a quick way. No, that's where it's tripped me up. Yeah. Aren't we all in that dance though? I would also offer though, that I think also sometimes slowing down and just really being in the moment and spending a rainy day with a book or just like spending a day doing quote unquote, nothing that sometimes that is making the most of life. Sometimes that is making the most of the day. And that's, that is honoring your body, honoring your journey, honoring yourself and honoring that time to just really be present and not always be on the go and trying to check all of these things off of the to-do list and trying to achieve 
so many of the things in life because like life is now life is not what happens after you achieve all of those things life is right now in the present moment I think one of the things that's helped that with me is I've gone from achieving to feeling more mm-hmm. before it was about getting and now it's a lot more about feeling feeling good now feeling good in the process you know and, and sometimes I often remind myself you know when my business was struggling it was just coming off the ground you know I was talking to my partner at the time being like oh I feel like I'm not doing this and this, oh, I'm behind and all stuff and she'd say to me you know one day you're going to be so damn successful at this thing. It's going to be so good. And you're going to be wishing you had this struggle. <laughs> and missing those days in the trenches. You know, and try to remind myself that often. Because we're in such a onto the next society. Yeah. Oh, I got a new house. Which one's bigger? <laughs> oh, I got my dream this. Let's go bigger. Oh my, you know, it's like, it's not fun. No. You know, and so it's to be able to like transform our relationship to what's happening now. Yeah. And that's why I use the affirmations all the time too. It's like, well, everything's working out for me, even when it seems like it's not. Which is, I mean, it's trained. This to me is all it's trained. It is. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy how we look back and almost laugh at the things that we once saw as struggles and obstacles and it's beautiful, really. I mean, to really just kind of acknowledge that growth and see how far that we've come. But you also kind of have to take that into perspective now to know that now in this moment, whatever you're struggling with, whatever is holding you back, whatever's a source of fear or grief or whatever emotion you're present with right now, one day you're going to look back on that and you're almost just going to shake your head and wish that you could go back to that moment and, and be more present with it because we so often want to pass off those struggles and just overcome the obstacles and, and negate the, the quote unquote negative feelings and everything. And then we get to a certain point in life and we look back and we're like, wow, like I got through that. Like, look at how that shaped me. Look at, look at where I am now. And, and, crap look at what I was look at what my struggle is now like can I go back to that <laughs> right right <laughs> totally totally yeah we go through all these things and it's so important to be able to to be in them because you get through it I mean you I think that our brain is so easily like on t- we're looking at the gaps of where we are or we think we're supposed to be rather than how far we've come, which I think is a practice, you know, and even when I'm coaching, like I, I try to remind people all the time because they'll get to like the end of the coaching program and they'll be like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so excited for what's next. And the, sometimes they'll forget how far they came. Yeah. You know, and I've got to be like, remember those problems that you used to, that used to run you that now you don't even see anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh shoot. Yeah. You know, cause you just play a bigger game. So sometimes you still feel inadequate or you still feel like not good enough, forgetting that, oh my gosh, those problems I used to have aren't even problems anymore. They've totally disappeared, but I'm playing a bigger game now. So sometimes it feels like, oh shit, am I in trouble again? (laughs) So I'm a relationship coach and there's every sense of the word, changing our relationship to ourselves, to our experiences, to fear, all that stuff. Yeah. For the listeners, if there are people out there right now who are really feeling stuck and kind of like being held back by the immensity of their goals, their, the obstacles that are standing in their way, fear, um, if you could offer one piece of advice for people who feel stuck just in a general sense, what do you think that would be? Aim lower. Yeah. If you're stuck, there's something you think you need to do that's too big. Aim lower. You don't have to, you don't have to clean your house. Maybe your your thing is just spend five less less minutes on the couch today. Yeah. That's it. And let the momentum build from there. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful offering. If you would have told me that a year or two ago, I would have probably rolled my eyes at you and been like, eh, what do you know? <laughs> Dream big, man. 
but it's yeah. uh it's it's so true how all of the little things just add up even the the dailies that we work on in your coaching program like i've started with dailies for example taking three deep breaths doing a two-minute meditation and just small, small things like that. And like you said, like the example with picking the sock up that then turns into cleaning the entire room or the entire house, it just, it's the compound effect, right? And it's, yeah, yeah those setting those small, very achievable, doable goals, and then really just developing that reassurance in yourself that, oh, hey, like I can do that. Like that was easy what's next? And just that courage to keep going and keep building off of that foundation. I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah. There's some pivotal steps in it. You get to win for one, you get to experience being a winner, accomplishing something. Mm -hmm. And the rest is just math. It's just math. Like you can't lose. It <laughs> adds up by itself. You think about investing with money. That's exactly what people do compound interest you just keep investing small little bits and those are the people who are millionaires 10 20 30 years from now but the people who are not millionaires are the ones who are like looking for the home run stock and the home run action and this week and it's got to happen now and it's like it doesn't work like that yeah and you can transfer that to anything a relationship a sport money it's this, can, can you get, let your ego get out of the way and let yourself in love? Stop thinking you're too good for a simple action. Oof, so powerful, that statement right there. Yeah, that ego, it will, uh, oh, it can be heavy sometimes. That is for sure. Yeah, humility is a constant practice for sure. Yeah. Naturally, is it? I, uh, I kind of wanted to circle back here as we're kind of just wrapping up and just giving some, <clears throat> some more tangible um, advice and whatnot to the listeners. Um, when we were talking about surrounding yourself with those people that you aspire to, but also inevitably you're going to have that constant influx of criticism. Um, so for people who are experiencing that, especially when it's from people who are in their life, close, close friends, family members, whoever, when it might not necessarily be really practical to completely eliminate those people from your life, what is some advice that you can give for people who are struggling with both surrounding themselves with the kind of people that they want to aspire to and also really kind of having those blinders that allows them to block out the criticism that isn't serving them and to carry forward in spite of that? Yeah, well, I, I know there's people in our life we're not going to say like, I'm never going to talk to you again because you're it's challenge my you're challenging my dreams you know <laughs> now it's your mom or immediate family members of course like i'd never advise that um but what i would suggest is you just don't share those certain things you change the topics you know if i if i went to you over and over again every time i talked to you about something that was important to me i left the conversation feeling discouraged it's my responsibility to stop talking about that thing to you yeah. i know that now it's up to me you know, to get responsible for what I'm saying to who. So I would change that topic all the guys. So we like some, that's something we don't talk about together anymore. Talk about something else. Talk about the rest of the family or we talk about sports or whatever thing you have in common that has nothing to do with the thing that's sacred to you. Another part of that is to like constantly be auditing your people, your group, you know, everything from like who you follow on social media to, the kinds of conversations you engage in. And that's been a tough one for me because, you know, growing up, I've been very righteous. There's a lot of times where I thought I had the right point of view and people should think like I should. And I'd get in these dialogues with people who weren't open to discussion. Uh, and then I'd leave frustrated and angry with them and angry with anyone like them. And now I've come to a place where it's like, look who you're talking to. You know, is there a space open for dialogue? If not, I'm the one who should shut up. 
Yeah. You know, I'm the one who like, if someone has a polar opposite view from me and they're not open to having a dialogue about it, it's on me if I start that dialogue and then leave it frustrated. I got to know that walking in. So I think auditing your group and just getting really responsible with who you share what to. You know, when I was starting out this coaching thing, you know, I was following some people online that I never met, you know, because I wanted to just see how they were, you know, rather than going to go talk to, you know, some friend that's never been self-employed and asking if I can do this. I mean, that's just not a responsible thing to do. Yeah. Right. You're going you're gonna to go ask, you know, what your gym routine should be for someone who's never had a gym membership. It's like probably not the best source of info. But I think that takes a certain level of awareness and responsibility from ourselves, And because there's also a fear of going to the people who are doing it. Because then it gets real. What if I go to the person who's actually like pursuing my dream? Shit, now I'm actually kind of on the hook. But if I go to like Joe over there, who's usually doesn't care about anything it's kind of small potatoes, you know, he might give me a good excuse to not do it. <laughs> True. Right? Yeah. 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 You're right. I don't have it. Never mind. Let's go back to the other thing. Yeah. I think sometimes we can unconsciously or even consciously hold ourselves back by continuing to seek advice from the wrong people. And also just kind of what you offered there with just having enough self-respect and self-worth to set those healthy boundaries and knowing what communication is appropriate with who and and also knowing that there's no shame in having arm's length friends and arm's length family members I feel like there's so much shame circulating around people who don't speak to certain family members at a certain frequency or people who are just like disconnected in whatever way from certain family members who are just not serving them and supporting their growth in the way that they need at that time in their life. And there is nothing to fault yourself for in that, in knowing that you are worthy of surrounding yourself with people who are really pumping your tires for lack of a better term who really truly want to see you thrive I feel like there's this almost this threshold that I personally have experienced in various instances in life where there are certain people who love to see you excel to a certain degree and then once you reach a certain level that brings about maybe it's their own discomfort and fear, or it just makes self-doubt in, in their life resurface or brings about things that they have maybe wanted to pursue and not pursue. And once you reach this certain level, then all of a sudden you start to get resistance and hate and criticism that is not constructive from those people. And it really does. It holds you back. It makes you doubt yourself. It makes you doubt your journey and it doesn't serve you. And so sometimes there is opportunity for having conversations with those people and inviting them to grow with you. And sometimes that can create a beautiful space and container for you guys to both learn and grow together and, and have those conversations. But sometimes if you've attempted those conversations and those interactions and it's just this repetitive pattern of them leaving you feel lesser than and really kind of sucking that energy and that life out of you every time you try and describe your goals and dreams to them then you have to recognize that those are the people that you have to either completely cut out or keep as your arm's length family and friends yeah, and it's not easy. That's not an easy thing to do. No, not at all. But you, it's so important to get responsible for who you share what to. You know, you go to the same person over and over again, and you end up in the same conversation. Guess what? That's on you. And that's a tough pill to swallow because we want the other person to change so badly. We get attached mm-hmm. to the other person changing. And it's like one of the ones is, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I got a feeling we all have this like old relative, you know, someone who's like much older who maybe experienced 
a different view on races or homophobia or something, you know? And it's like, you don't want to talk to that person about those topics. No, <laughs> you really don't. You know where it's going to go. Yeah. And the same goes for our dreams. The same goes for what matters to us. You know, you don't want to go get relationship advice from someone who's been divorced five times. You know, like you want to look at that. You don't want to go talk about commitment to the guy who never wants to get married. Like it's just not wise, you know, but it does take courage to do that. It's, it's not always, it's not always easy. And like you said, then sometimes that ego comes in and you, you just, you want to change them so badly. You just want them to share your perspective and share your dreams. And you want them to shift their opinions and their beliefs and see things from a more wholesome perspective and see the other side of the story. Gosh, let's not get into this. Let's see the bigger picture topic right now. I want to be respectful of your time here, but uh, well, it's fine. And it's, it's, I mean, the, the surest way to make sure someone doesn't change is trying to get them to change. Yeah, yeah, pretty much guaranteed that's how they're not going to change. Sorry about my dogs in the background here. <laughs> that's, that's okay. That's, the top, that's like, I want you to change. Pretty much guaranteed you're going to get a bunch of resistance from that person and nothing's going to change about them. Yeah, but if you start to accept without agreeing. Is the key part except you can accept someone for who they are without agreeing with it without promoting it but like like i have a friend you know had a friend we're barely friends anymore because of this exact thing you're talking about we were like running parallel around creating our professions and coaching and i started to really excel and he wasn't excelling as quickly and a lot of it had to do with he wasn't facing the same kind of fears i was facing there's nothing wrong with that we all have our pace but I, our conversations really started to change and he became less interested in talking to me. You know, there were times where I was like, Hey, I miss you, man. Like love to connect and check in. And it became a point where he wasn't responding. And, and I was like, is there anything going on? Like, did I do anything to bother you? And still no response. And then I said, like, what's up? Just talk to me. Like, is it the time zone thing? Is it tough to organize things? And he's like, yeah, it's pretty tough to organize things which I knew that wasn't true. It's not hard to book a call with me. I book calls all week with tons of people. Yeah. So that's where I was like, okay, he's not willing to put in what I'm willing to put in this friendship. And he's probably dealing with whatever he's dealing with. You know, maybe it's envy, maybe it's personal upset, maybe it's fear, whatever it is, that's not my responsibility. And I'm not going to make him try to be anything. So it was like all the best to you. Yeah. wish you the best of luck and it makes me sad because i love that guy but also this is part of what happens as you begin to elevate you know some people aren't going to like it because then if they stay with you and they don't face their fears they're going to feel icky yeah when you face yours people around you're like oh shit i guess maybe there's some things i got to look at <laughs> I don't really want to look at that. So I'm either going to tear Sarah down or I'm going to pretend they don't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, it's hard to lose those kinds of people, especially when you really do care and you you want them in your life. But it comes down to, yeah, just really having to come to that realization for yourself that if they really wanted to put in the effort that they would and also just having compassion for, like you said, that we all have our own pace. And just because you part ways with somebody doesn't mean that you still don't want the best for them. You still don't love them. You don't care about them. You can wholeheartedly love and support somebody from afar, but just know that at that time, at least your paths aren't aligned and you're not serving each other in, in, how you're going about life and how the energy and contribution in the relationship is not in balance in the way that it should be in a healthy relationship, whether that's a romantic relationship or a friendship. And yeah, it's a very hard realization to come to. Tough thing to come to and part of life. And the other flip side of that coin is as you grow, you're going to attract more people who are on that path. That's a pretty cool thing. It is a very cool thing. Suddenly very you find cool. yourself in circles you wanted, you were only wishing to be in. Yeah. You know, but only because you did the work. 
Yeah. That's where a lot of people I work with, they're like, there's no great people here. There's nobody doing what I want to do. There's nobody feels what I want to feel. No, there's no romantics here. And my always, my job is to hold up the mirror. Yeah. You know, in what way are you facilitating that? This is a tough thing to look at. Yeah. Realizing that you're the common denominator in the relationships and the situations that you continue to see surfacing in your life that you aren't happy with. That's, oh yeah, that one's heavy. Worst and best thing. Well, I do want to be respectful of your time and I want to wrap things up here, but I just wanted to finish with one question and you can answer this as short or as lengthy as you'd like. Um, When I say living a purpose-driven life, what does that mean to you? Oh man, that means a lot. Um, First thing that comes to mind. I think two things bounced around in my mind. Well, first thing is, is, you know, sharing my work with thousands of people, you know, like working with thousands of people who in turn affect their own individual communities. Like that to me is my version of changing the world. That's mm-hmm. like, that is, that really excites me. That to me is really purposeful time. Spending this time with you is purposeful to me. This is like, it matters. It's for something, this greater goal of people being empowered no matter what situation they're in. And then the other one for me is being a dad. Mm. I want to be a dad more than anything. To me, that's like, I've always wanted to be a dad. And uh, I don't know what more important job there is than being a parent uh, and how much, like that. I can only assume the kind of purpose Mm. that that creates. Uh, So I'm looking forward to that opportunity. That's beautiful. I look forward to watching you create all of that and more. And thank you for being here today and being part of my journey and being part of so many people's journeys and just for doing the work that you do in the world. It's beautiful to see what you're doing and so many avenues of what you're pursuing. And thanks for showing up for yourself and for me and for all of your clients and just for everybody who's listening you're so welcome thank you for the acknowledgement it's an absolute privilege i feel very fortunate to be on this podcast and get to do what i get to do thank you so much simon all right all right well here's to living a purpose-driven life thanks for being here big little souls (laughs) all right cheers Cheers. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It never ceases to amaze me how Simon creates space for such incredible dialogue and really invites those he engages with into self-awareness self-discovery and personal development. I hope this episode provided that invitation for you too. I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge you for showing up, not only to the podcast, but for yourself, for showing up and committing to growth. I hope that after tuning in today, you perhaps find yourself feeling a bit clearer, a bit lighter, and perhaps just one step closer towards walking a path of a purpose-driven life, whatever that means for you. I'd like to reiterate the quote from Simon's course, and I will also be leaving all of Simon's info in the episode notes. So. Please check him out if any of this resonated with you. Your power to transform lies in the space and time between being run by fear and choosing love in the face of that fear. Thanks for being here, beautiful souls. I hope today and every day going forward 
you choose love over fear. Much love from my big little soul to yours.